if you're able to create an environment where everyone has well, their psychological safety, you're basically able to speak their mind and, and be themselves. There's no politics involved, there's no agenda involved, it's just a case of this is the mission and how can we all work together to solve that mission. It's kind of like what Darwin said, it's not the strongest that survive, it's those who are able to adapt that will survive in the long term. That's Hussein Kusai, co-founder of Onfido. Onfido is a technology company that helps people verify their identity in a matter of minutes using world-leading AI and identity experts. On this episode of Think Like a Founder, we talk about humility, adaptability, and the importance of building the right team. I'm Maureen Taylor. This is Think Like a Founder. You were born in Manchester, you moved back to Iran, and then your family came back altogether. I think when you were around 10, you came back to the UK. And that experience in your life had a lot to do with why you started your business. Can you connect that for us? So the bit that is relevant is specifically just remembering the issues that they had regarding proving their identity. Because when you enter a country, there's visas and passports and the right to enter, which is we're all used to. But just as important is the ability to open a bank account, the ability to rent in your own name, and so on and so forth. So I remember over the first few months of their return, they struggled to be able to do these basic things just because they weren't registered on the credit bureau. And growing up, that sort of stayed with me and how bizarre it seemed that we are not able to use technology to solve what seems to be a pretty basic problem. Even though Hussein was just 10 years old at the time, that experience was the initial spark for the idea behind his company, Unfido. As he grew up and began to think about his career, he realized how important freedom and independence were to him. During university, you usually offer different opportunities, exploring different career paths. I remember being quite interested in both journalism and academia, just because I figured you'd have freedom to do what you want, or at least that was the impression I had. And I remember that the independence factor was particularly appealing. I just never really liked the idea of having a boss or a manager. It wasn't the case of not wanting one. I'd worked in different places before that and I'd had them, but I did want to know that there's no glass ceiling or no barriers and that I would have the freedom to try different things and, and to do things because I'd want to, as opposed to having to. So one of the things I am hearing more and more about the freedom of being able to be able to make decisions, that that's part of the art of starting a business. It's not that you say, oh, I don't want a boss. It is about the freedom. Correct. And any startup that scales and has different investors, pretty soon you you have a board and investors and, and others that you have to essentially answer to. You have some sort of oversight one form or another, and that's good. It's essentially what I was keen to have was no barriers more than anything else. It's that independence. Hussein wanted to solve the problem of identity verification so others wouldn't have to face the same challenges his family did. For him, bringing this idea to life started with building the right team. So having read economics and management or business, the common knowledge was that to do well, if you're starting a company, you have to have the right product in the right market, in the right place, at the right time. That wasn't my experience. My experience 
being part of a few student societies, specifically Oxford entrepreneurs, was that it's basically all about the right people. In my mind, 98% sort of success is genuinely having the right team. And then 1% is the right time and luck and purpose and everything else that goes with it. And naturally, you have the right culture that goes with that. So having that realization made me kind of feel that we could achieve almost anything as long as we were able to get the right team together. If you have the right team, they pivot and are agile enough then to be able to figure out like what is the right product market fit. If I remember correctly, I read a statistic that 96% of tech companies that end up IPOing end up doing something that is quite different to what they set out to do at the very beginning. And it goes again back to that team that is hungry, humble, agile, and so on, is able to, you could say, even pivot the idea to get to the right product market fit. Now, obviously, this year was very challenging, uh, both for individuals, teams, and businesses, and the whole world, and still is. We have found that it's created a sense of resilience and grit in our team that is essential to surviving. What have you found? Same experience. I think we in the tech community are extremely fortunate, given how tough this has been for the whole world. But as a tech industry, we are on on balance, a bit more agile, a bit more nimble, just the way that we are structured, the way that the DNA of these startups and scale-ups are. But just beyond that, I find that humans are very adaptable or have the potential to be very adaptable. And the upside is this has helped take us out of our comfort zone at times and, and being able to show that what we're capable of. It's kind of like what Darwin said, it's not the strongest that survive, it's those who are able to adapt that will survive in the long term. And one thing that has been particularly impressive, we think about tech companies, scale-up startups being agile, but us, as we serve a lot of the financial service community and including mainstream banks that one would think are less agile, I've seen mainstream banks take initiatives that would take 12 months and deliver it in 12 days when they, when they have to do something, which has been even more impressive, which goes back to show, obviously culture matters, legacy systems matter, but ultimately we're all people. So if you had to do something, you are able to do it quickly, which is a good sign. When you think about all the people you've talked to and all the different things, what bubbles up to the top of your head when I ask this question? Like, what's that piece of advice or what somebody said that really makes a difference and stands out? I think one of the biggest things that completely changed my mentality and how I operate was actually in the first month of me starting at university. I had a particularly tough time at university. I just felt I wasn't good enough. And I read a book by Eckhart Tolle. It's called The New Earth. And it's similar to many spiritual books, but the essence of the message is the same in that you should think about the present. You're only able to focus if you have a clear head and you're thinking about the present and forgetting the past and not worrying about the future, just being able to focus on what you're doing right now. And equally, not ever thinking that you're superior to anyone, but equally as important is never to think that you're inferior to anyone. That's right. Talk about balance. I mean, to me, that's the definition of confidence and humility. When people are sitting there and they know that there's something that they want to do, they have an idea, maybe it's a problem they want to solve, but that itch, what advice do you give to them? There's something I've more recently been both thinking about and reading about, which is the founder problem fits. And I think when you talk about the hunger, it's like that deep desire to solve a problem. And if that desire is strong enough, you will just work through whatever you have to work through, whether it's loneliness, getting investments, hiring team members, you will just relentlessly think about it because it in some ways can become an obsession where your mind is just tuned to looking for solutions to solve that problem. And therefore you're less likely to see things as obstacles or, or anything stopping you. It just becomes the next thing to overcome. It's more of a mindset. 
you know, at times it will be lonely and it is tough. And that makes it even more necessary to make sure you hire the very best because the times where we had a fully sort of extraordinary team and we filled out all the gaps, those are the times you could say, I felt least lonely, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. Just the constant balance all the time. So that's why the team is so important. Yes. And it's the word you use balance, I think the right one to use. And it depends on what stage of the company you're at. So conviction matters, having that gut feel matters. You know, if there's an issue that you've thought about a lot, then you're going to have a a significant amount of insight into it. However, we tend to, as individuals, be okay and good at sort of coming up with ideas. But it's only when you're in a collective where you sort of challenge each other and when you're actually going through what is realistic versus what isn't, you are able to refine the different ideas that you may think are brilliant can actually get to the ones that are practical. Individually, if you're able to create an environment where there's psychological safety, you're basically able to speak their mind and and be themselves. And there's no politics involved. There's no agenda involved. It's just a case of this is the mission and how can we all work together to solve that mission? Then you're able to challenge and elevate each other and ultimately pick the right path. And that is something that if that is applied to all levels of decision-making, not just a long-term strategic direction, but something as simple as how do we set up a pension scheme or whatever it may be, then you get into a habit of the company and its DNA being effective at making decisions. And that's ultimately where you end up building something really special. We've all come across founders that have that strong conviction, but can at times be a little bit close-minded or even arrogant. And we all know where that ends up. So it's as important to be humble and hungry in equal measure so that you're absolutely driven and you've got a lot of conviction, but you're not blind, nor are you not able to listen to others and basically make decisions as you go along. Curiosity is one of our values. We believe in service, we believe in accountability and curiosity to actually care about what other people think, what their story is, where they're coming from, why they matter, what is important to them. Does curiosity play at all in your being a founder and how you think about either solving a problem, creating a team, or any of the things that you're doing? I think so. And not just me, but but I'd like to think across the whole company. We have our own five company cultural values. And whenever there is a decision to be made or a product to be explored and so on and so forth, it's to have insights around what's gone in the past, but use that only as one input and nothing more. It's to actually take the space and take the time to think through what is the ultimate problem you're looking to solve? What is the customer truly looking to essentially solve for and so on and so forth? And it's taking that approach. You can't do that unless you're curious, deeply curious around how do we go about understanding the problem intimately, because sometimes the customer might not be able to articulate that effectively. And secondly, how does it fit into the broader picture? And thirdly, how we as an organization, do we have the capability and core competencies or whatever it may be to actually execute on that. All of those things really come about when you have a, not just a team of lifelong learners, but the other side of the coin is essentially very curious people. When you look at adults, all adults are just tall eight-year-olds, really. When you think about that though, as you continue to grow up, what else do you want to do? Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? What's front of mind or has been for the last few years The media is one. It's the right time for a new media format to come about. So that's like one part of it. The second part of it, I see that people are increasingly opinionated and want to share their views, but we only give airtime to the the fringes 
either someone's extremely annoyed or extremely happy and you know they put comments on social media and elsewhere but it's the 95% in the middle who are opinionated and you know should be valued and essentially crowdsourcing that wisdom i feel in broader society we're yet to effectively be able to make use of that across a whole range of things whether it's local policy decisions or just a sense of community and a whole range of these things so having had the good fortune of experiencing what technology is truly capable of in solving problems i am certain we're still very very early stages first in the form of how media works and how outdated i believe it is and then the second part is just generally how we can better make use of wisdom of the crowds using technology so that we have a better sense of community and essentially collectively work to make it a better world together so we got to get to work That was Hussein Kasai, co-founder of Onfido. Onfido is a technology company that helps people prove their identities wherever they are with just an ID and their face. In an increasingly digital world, they help businesses grow securely. Join us next time when I talk to Dan Sachs, co-founder and co-CEO of AppDirect. We talk about the importance of values, having conviction in your vision, and staying up all night to build a mini city as a kid. Think Like a Founder is produced by SNP Communications in San Francisco, California. Learn more by visiting us at snpnet.com or connect with me, Maureen Taylor, on LinkedIn to continue the conversation there. Series producer is Roisin Hunt, sound designed by Mark Ream. Content and scripting by Mike Sullivan and Jason Drown. Production coordinator is Natasha Thomas. Thanks also to Selena Persiani-Shell, Eli Shell, Matt Johnson, John Hughes, and Red Barra. 